Support for Dipping Milk and Cookies comes from Axelstrat LLC, but we'll get into that a little bit later. In the meantime, let's jump into today's episode. A villain is an evil fictional character, whether based on a historical narrative or one of literary fiction. Random House Abridged Dictionary defines such a character as a cruelly malicious person who is involved in or devoted to wickedness or crime, a scoundrel, all right, or a character in a play, novel, or the like, who constitutes an important evil um, agency in the plot. Its structural purpose is to serve as the opposition of the hero character, and their motives or evil actions drive a plot along. In contrast to the hero, who is defined by their feats of ingenuity and bravery and their pursuit of justice and the greater good, a villain is often defined by their acts of cruelty, cunning, and displays immoral behavior that can oppose or pervert justice. The, uh, oh man, that's a word I don't know how to say. The, the antonym, yeah, whatever. Either way, villains, they have so much more fun. I've always said it, like, we, me and you have always talked, like, okay, if you could be a good guy or bad guy would you be always the the fucking bad guy yeah sure they they get caught yeah sure they probably die in the end but it's a fucking party the entire time i'll tell you that much so uh so yeah let's we're gonna jump into it uh this week we're gonna do the uh, batman versus superman but the uh, the ying to the yang now it's our favorite suit or favorite villain so uh yeah let's jump into it what's uh what's the podcast called Dipping milk in cookies. Hoo! Welcome to another awesome episode of Dipping Milk and Cookies, guys. I am Garrett, your cookie commander smith. Mmm, hair in the mouth, lovely. <laughs> With me as always, uh, Michael Master Motherfucking Milk Segovia. What up, pimp juice? Sup. Sup. <laughs> it's the best. Oh. The one and only Alucard. Sup. <laughs> it's so funny, dude. It's such a great uh, and like I don't really get down with anime that much, but like that one I watched and it was like, all right, I see what you're, I see what you're doing here. Uh, but yeah, that was that was a random thought. <laughs> Anywho, welcome to the episode. How are you doing? That's what I was asking. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, good day. Yeah. Not so hot today. Yeah, actually. the 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 heat, you know, kind of cracking. You know that <laughs> that was fucking a lot of people up for sure. I'm burnt like a motherfucker on my shoulders. Went out on a boat with Marcus and his dad the other day, the other morning, all hung over. <laughs> What's Marcus do? Is that a beer? Don't yeah. worry about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> you want one? No. Yeah. 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 And then, uh, yeah, burnt on the boat. 
That's why you, when you're on the boat, man, you could have done the Stone Cold. Just grab two of them, <laughs> fucking doused yourself, and then just hopped right in the water and we're going to start off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, this week has been, oh, fucking hell. This week has been rough, truth be told. Uh, a lot of extenuating circumstances that really threw some fucking, some real, some real shit into the works, but uh, we're not here to talk about that. Either way, it has been a rough week, but at the same time, it has been a really, really fun, really fun, great week as well. Um, really got some, some nice quality time with, with Marcus, which was nice. Uh, went to round one, and we uh, <coughs> we were at round one for fucking three and a half hours the first session, and then like two hours the next day uh, playing that maximum tune. That's what it's called, maximum tune. But it's just like initial D. I figured, yeah. yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that was nice. It was very nice. Went to Camino, got dinner two nights in a row. <laughs> Always awesome. Fat Tony from fucking Camino. Those sandwiches are so goddamn good. It's just Italian, that, yeah. Italian beef, dude. Mm-hmm. But, oh, it's so good. It's so good. Uh, I actually really want to go down there to get some food soon. Yeah. Yeah, well, let me know. If you want to go tomorrow, fuck. I got practice tomorrow. I'll meet you down there. I got to work. Ah, shit. That's right. I know it's just going to be so hard going back to work tomorrow. <sighs> but, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it's a two-day work week for me. So, I don't work Sunday, and I'm taking Saturday. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if I want to go down to Illinois, though, for that party with Harley. I don't know if I'm going to have it in me to do it. Saturday, I'm Saturday not going to be able to go. No, yeah. I got to work. I didn't even know, honestly know about it. So, Anthony said it to me the other day. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. But that's what I get for not being on a chat yeah. very much lately with the... Game. That's all right. We haven't really been playing that much, anyways. I've been playing. I haven't played in fuck almost a week. Yeah, I only get a couple games in. Very rarely do I get to like play for a while. You get a session in. I get like that's why I don't even play Warzone. I just play multiplayer. I've just been leveling up guns just to fucking kill some time. You know, mm-hmm. I got twenty minutes while Lincoln's asleep and mm-hmm. knock out three, four games real quick. Yeah, know? yeah, that's definitely more feasible for you for sure. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Just haven't had time. It's really, that's so weird to think about. Like, have not really having the time to do it. I was gonna do it today, but <laughs> couldn't even get out of fucking bed. Oh god, three days of just fucking in hard in the paint drinking, bro. Like, <laughs> but I digress. I'm alive. I'm here. <laughs> oh, man, and this fucking yeti is very big very large and it's filled with the iciest of ice water yummy that thing does keep shit cold for a long time remember using it last summer out cutting yeah. grass like fill it up hours filling up with ice once and the ice would last me all day yeah it's and you can see it's been beat the shit you know <laughs> oh, and yeah. <laughs> yeah it's fucking that seen better is, days mm-hmm. that, that thing has taken a couple of pretty hard spills off my forklift at work dude <laughs> That's how I got both of these. The fucking bottom actually, like, I can, I'm not going to screw it off, but, like, there's dents all around the bottom because this thing will just <laughs> pop off. Yeah, well, get the fucking tape out, bro. No, I just you just put it back on and just ran out of the concrete. <laughs> fucking good as new, baby. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, let's jump in. Let's jump into the episode. What, what we were going to do is, uh, like, with our Batman versus Iron Man episode, instead of doing our favorite superheroes we're gonna do our favorite villains 
Now, I'm still kind of torn on whether or not I want to use the Joker or Galactus. I'm, I am I already got everything up for How Galactus. How about we do it like this? You do both of them because you know a lot about Joker. Mm-hmm. And that way then you can do a DC and a Marvel. I already have my Marvel guy. But while you're talking about one of yours, I'll find a villain. Because, I mean, I've seen plenty of DC shit. So I just, I don't know which one specifically I like more because I've been into Marvel lately. But mm-hmm. I'll find somebody and then we can kind of compare, you know, we'll do start with Marvel first if you could. Okay. Because then I can go ahead and go with my Marvel right away. And then you can do your DC, and then I'll have my DC. Okay. So that way I can have some time to find it. All right. Well, uh, my Marvel my Marvel supervillain is Galactus. Now, Galactus, he's a, uh, he's a fictional character, obviously appearing in American comic books published by Marvel. Formerly a mortal man, Galactus is a cosmic entity who originally consumed planets to sustain his life force and serves a functional role in the upkeep of the primary Marvel con- uh, con- continuity. Galactus was first created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby and first appeared in the comic book Fantastic Four number 48, published in uh, March 1966. Now, I, I could just keep going, uh, but I, actually I will keep going. Uh, Lee, Lee and Kirby wanted to introduce a character that broke away from the archetype of the standard villain. There we go. In the character's first appearance, uh, Galactus was depicted as a godlike figure who feeds by draining living planets of their energy and operates without regard to uh, morality and judgments of mortal beings. Galactus's initial origin was that of a, a space explorer named Galen, who gained cosmic abilities by passing near a star, but writer Mark uh, Grunwald further developed the origin of the character, revealing that Galen lived during the previous universe that existed prior to the Big Bang, which began the current universe. Uh, as Galen's universe came to an end, Galen merged with the uh, sentience of the universe to become Galactus, an entity that wielded such cosmic power as to require devouring entire planets to sustain his existence. That is so badass. I mean, I, dude. And the, not to mention, he's like a celestial. He's huge. He's a fucking... He eats planets. So, like, <laughs> you, you fucking use your imagination, man. He's a big, big being. He's got the weirdest looking fucking outfit. Uh, that that helmet, that that hat that he wears with the fucking crazy spikes that go straight up. Oh goddamn! Uh, yeah, he's a badass. He's a badass. They tried to depict him a little bit in um, Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer. Um, he was supposed to be, you know, the big bad that the the Silver Surfer was working for, which you know, when he comes to Earth. They, see, that's the thing. They did it so fucking whack because <laughs> they didn't even make it. They didn't even give him a body. It was just like he was this big, big cloud, <laughs> this big cloud that was just enveloping the entire fucking planet, um, which, again, that just and, and didn't serve, it, serve him any justice. But I have heard that now that Thanos is fucking kaput out of, uh, out of uh, the MCU – Galactus might show up because now they're talking about now that Marvel owns the rights to the X-Men and the Fantastic Four like they're going to get introduced into the MCU um, and they're going to need another they're going to need another big bad and if they're going to introduce Fantastic Four with the Avengers then it makes the most sense that that would be Galactus so here's to keeping the fingers crossed 
Um, let's see here. The character has been featured in other Marvel media, such as arcade games, video games, animated television series, and the 2007 film Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer. In 2009, Galactus ranked fifth on IGN's list of top 100 comic book villains, which cited the character's larger-than-life presence as making him one of the more important villains ever created. Uh, IGN also noted Galactus is one of the few villains on our list to really defy the definition of an evildoer as the character is compelled to uh, compelled to destroy worlds because of his hunger that's what's so fucking that's what's so crazy <laughs> like the dude it, it's not even like i want to go kill all these people to kill all these people like motherfucker i'm hungry like and you're the you're the closest and you taste kind of good from where i'm standing right now so i'm 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 i'm, I'm gonna come eat your ass <laughs> <laughs> um but just to go over some of his powers uh powers and abilities real quick the first and oldest living entity in the universe, Galactus, was created during the union of the sentience of the universe and Galen of Ta, and is described as the physical metamorphosized embodiment of a cosmos. That sounds so badass too, man. Although not an abstract, non-corporal entity, uh, his, uh, his true form cannot be perceived by most beings. Each species sees Galactus in a form they can comprehend. Similar to their race or a deity of their religion, Galactus can also appear as a humanoid star when addressing fellow members of the cosmic hierarchy. Those actions of consuming planets, um, Galactus embodies a living force of nature whose existence is necessary to uh, correct the imbalances between the conceptual entities, eternity, and death, as well as... Uh, as well as to serve as a cosmic test of uh, survival for civilizations. Additionally, the continued existence of Galactus ensures the confinement of the cosmic uh, entity Abraxas. Um, as Galactus requires planets with the potential to support life, his existence also causes the extinction of entire extra <laughs> extraterrestrial uh, civilizations. Uh, consumptions of planets maintains uh, Galactus's ability to use his powers, to facilitate consumption, he can employ the uh, elemental uh, converter, which efficiently converts matter into energy. Alternative, uh, alternatively, Galactus can absorb energy directly from cosmic beings and even mystical entities, though, uh, with, uh, wait, though with unpredictable results. There we go. Uh, processing this cosmic energy allows Galactus to utilize a form known as the power cosmic to perform feats which have included universal cosmic awareness, telepathy, telekinesis, telekinesis energy projection, size alteration, transmutation of matter, uh, teleportation of objects across space, creation of force fields and interdimensional portals, creation of life, resurrection, manipulating souls, memories and emotions, uh, and a mass and mass scale events such as recreating dead worlds in every detail, including illusions of their uh, entire populations and destroying multiple solar systems simultaneously. Uh, in other words, this guy's a fucking badass. Like I said, this dude is, uh, he's no joke. He's the real fucking deal. To aid in his search for suitable planets, uh, Galactus frequently appoints an, an individual as his herald, granting e uh, each in a turn a small fraction of the power cosmic. Uh, this power replaces the auras or souls of the uh, recipient with each wielder's physical form adapting to store the energy and in turn allow manipulation for feats such as energy projection. Uh, Galactus is also capable of removing the power cosmic from the Herald. Uh, Galactus has on occasion been severely weakened due to a lack of sustenance and on occasion was defeated whilst in this state by uh, the combined Fantastic Four and Avengers. 
in this weakened condition, Galactus has also shown susceptibility to Icon's spell, uh, which forces him to remember all of the beings that he has destroyed from his feeding. Whew, that would suck. Galactus also employs incredibly advanced science capable of uh, producing objects such as the Punisher robots, the ultimate nullifier, a weapon capable of destroying and remaking the multiverse, and his space station, Tatu. Reed Richards has, uh, who is Mr. Fantastic, by the way, has speculated that Tatu may be the greatest source of energy in the universe. So, and then he's, there's a whole list of fucking uh, heralds that he's had over the over the years. Tyrant, Fallen One, Airwalker, Fire Lord, uh, Destroyer, Terax the Tamer, Nova, Morgue the Executioner, Redshift, Stardust, Praetor, um, Rom the Space Knight, Human Torch, Anti-Man, Dazzler, uh, Doctor Strange, Thor. Crazy. I didn't know that. That's pretty cool, man. So, in other words, uh, the guy I picked is a fucking badass. He's he's uh, somebody not to be trifled with. He's a he's a cosmic killer. So, uh, luckily for you, I know I know who you picked for your guy from Marvel, uh, and he's also uh, a galactic badass. But uh, I mean, I'll agree. He's not on that same level, mm-hmm. but he's definitely uh, he's definitely a beast. Mm-hmm. Somebody that. I definitely would not want to fuck with. Yeah. Be a, well, in my dad bod state, if I was maybe a fucking superhero or something, I'd be like, yeah, all right, take my <laughs> chance. <laughs> um, so the person that we're talking about is Ronan the Accuser, mm-hmm. and uh, he's from Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, he was in the first one, uh, and he also had a spot in Captain Marvel because uh, that was supposed to be like the – the before, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, and if now if everybody remembers Ronan the Accuser from Guardians of the Galaxy, he's a fucking massive dude. He's played by Lee Pace. Uh, I believe he's at, at least six three, six four. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a pretty big man, and he's just jacked too. Uh, he's got, let's see, his aliases: Ronan the Accuser, Kree fanatic, terrorist. Radical, zealot, boy, which uh, Thanos calls him. Mm-hmm. That nice little scene there is mm-hmm. like, boy, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, whack job. And then uh, the best one that he was given by uh, Star Lord was uh, Big Turd Blossom. <laughs> <laughs> so there's uh, the snippet. I think is really great. A good line from him is uh, it goes, uh, "They call me terrorist, radical, zealot because I obey the ancient laws of my people, the Kree." And punish those who do not, because I do not forgive your people for taking the life of my father and his father and his father before him. A thousand years of war between us will not be forgotten. Like, that's one of those lines in a movie where it's just like, mm, all right. Goosebumps. I could be, I could get, I could follow I this, guy. this guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but Ronan was a radical Kree warlord and former member of the Accusers. In 1995, during the Kree Skull War, Ronan worked with Jan Rog and the Star Force after the ambush on Torfa to wipe out the last of the Skrull refugees. Ronan and the Accusers were then called to drop warheads on Earth to wipe out the remaining Skrull op- uh, opposition there, but was forced to retreat when Captain Marvel launched a counteroffensive against the Kree, promising retribution. So then there's a tie into the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, further disguised by a peace treaty made between the Kree Empire and Xandar, 
Uh, Ronan initiated a new campaign to eradicate the Zandarians by forging an alliance with Thanos. So then everybody remembers that part too uh, with, the, with the stone. Uh, offering the orb in exchange for the destruction of Xandar. After a long search, Ronan acquired the orb, but after seeing its true destructive capabilities, betrayed Thanos and chose to take the orb's power for himself. Using his newfound power, he attacked Xandar, only to be defeated and killed by the Guardians of the Galaxy. So he took that stone, or well, the orb, which was the stone, and he smashed it into his hammer. And now, I've always been a really big fan. That was another thing that really drew me to his character, was the fucking Warhammer. Mm-hmm. You have to be a beast to throw around a warhammer. Those yeah. things are heavy as fuck. Yeah. So like. Yeah, right in the beginning of the movie too, and that dude fucking like, just they put him in that like yeah. thing, and he just fucking completely Gallagher's his fucking <laughs> skull. Yeah, I mean, the warhammer is a devastating weapon, and especially when you throw a stone in there, it just. And with his powers that he already has, mm-hmm. like I'll get into that a little bit too. But like, just him as an I don't know, dude. This picture here. Just looks so badass. He's standing right in front of the dark asteroid, his uh, his ship. I mean, that ship just looks imposing. You see that thing flying in, you're just like, yeah, we're dead. Yeah. You know, yeah. what are we gonna do? Yeah. Um. But uh, he's he's definitely one of those guys that I mean, if he had not died, I really think he could have had a good run in the the MCU for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But maybe they can do some, uh, you know, more precursors per se Um, and now that i feel like time travel is a thing in the mcu mm -hmm. like that's gonna be a big open door for bringing some characters back oh yeah i mean well i don't think we'll see like you know captain america or iron man no 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 the the ones that are dead they're they're dead they're dead they're not coming back and if they do it's only going to be for a fleeting post credit scene or some shit like that and it probably won't have any kind of relevance i don't think they would i don't think they would do that because now, especially, like I said, now that they have the rights to fucking Fantastic Four and X-Men, we don't need Iron Man and Captain yeah. America anymore. Yeah, no, they're done. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you No, off. you're fine, man. That's all right, because this, this has so much stuff in it. and like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. got to pick and choose what you're going to touch on, because exactly. we have two more guys to go over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm going to talk a little bit about his personality here, mm-hmm. which I think is important because that helps you to understand the person yeah. or the, the character of, like, what maybe I might relate to mm-hmm. in terms of like his personality. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ronan was a po- uh, proud and passionate crusader who fiercely upheld ancient Cree teachings and thought that everyone in the galaxy should be judged by them, holding Cree culture to be superior. While he once fought for them and against the Skrulls, Ronan had expressed contempt even towards his fellow Cree who signed the peace treaty with Xandar. He believed his power and self-righteousness gave him the authority to punish those he deemed unwilling or incapable of following his severe moral code, although he was uh, pragmatic enough to, to form an alliance with Thanos to destroy Xandar. Prior to the signing of the Xandarian Cree tre- uh, Treaty, Ronan was much more composed and calm. He seemed to know his limits as he retreated from the awesome onslaught of Captain Marvel despite later challenging Thanos, demonstrating that he wasn't an individual who, dispo- uh, who disposed of his own men usually, uh, yet promising in return. Uh, however, once the peace treaty was signed, this drastically changed to the point where it became a fit. <laughs> Fucking son of a bitch. 
<laughs> however, once the Chinese treaty was signed and drastically changed to the point where it became a fanatical zealot determined to burn Xandar and his people to the ground. Since the war with Xandar killed his ancestors, Ronan not only opposed peace with Xandar, but decided to carry out his retribution on the entire present generation of Xandarians, regardless of their complicity in the war or lack thereof. Uh, Ronan saw his warped views as justice, but they ultimately amounted to a form of might makes uh, what? But they ultimately amounted to a form of might makes right, which makes no sense in that sentence there. Uh, such a mindset allowed him to kill hundreds of innocent lives, including the inhabitants of the kiln, if he felt that they would get in the way with his overall plans for justice. Even so, he had enough sense to recognize Thanos' cruelty and betrayed him. Although much as his, uh, as much as this stemmed from his personal insults, uh, despite claiming that he was that he engaged in this conflict with Xandar for the honor of the Kree Empire and saw no wrong on his actions because he just obeyed the ancient laws of his people, Ronan took the the great personal delight in the pain and suffering he inflicted upon his victims. Drax the Destroyer recalled hearing Ronan laugh as he slaughtered his wife and daughter and when he confronted Ronan over this he only <laughs> he only mocked him further and claimed to not recall their deaths when Star-Lord screamed in agony as he was torn apart by the power stone Ronan looked on and laughed at his enemy's suffering without an ounce of pity Ronan was also willing to punish his allies with death if they didn't follow his commands such as when he asked for Nebula and Gamora to be dispatched to the ship despite his dislike of being observed by them as then Thanos noted his obsession to destroy the Xandarians was clouding his judgment. So, for that kind of, that guy is just so driven. I mean, I guess that's what I like about him is that determination where it's just like, he knows what he wants and he's going to get it. And if you're not going to get down with that, well, I'm going to kill you. Like, you're just going to be another guy uh, in my way. Don't be standing on the tracks when the trains come through. (laughs) Um, so some of his powers, uh, as a Cree, Ronan possessed all the natural attributes common among his people, such as blue skin coloration, as well as superhuman strength, durability, and recuperation. However, it appears that his natural abilities are greater than most of his species, likely due to his status as an accuser and his advanced technology. So his superhuman strength, he was known to be among the strongest of the Crees, even being worshipped by some for his great power. Ronan possessed enough strength to easily overpower someone as, someone as strong as Drax the Destroyer, even tossing him around like a ragdoll and heavily staggering him. His strength was even impressive enough to allow him to survive direct exposure to the Power Stones long enough to, to, uh, until combining it with his Cosme Rod. So that'd be the hammer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, his exposure to the Infinity Stone appeared to have greatly augmented his physical strength as he easily defeated the Guardians of the Galaxy. Which is a really good fight scene, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, dude, one guy taking a shit out of fucking a team. five dudes. He's a like, team. get out of here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, his superhuman durability, while not indestructible, Ronan had incredible durability that was well beyond that of a human. He was unfazed by Drax's best punches and was able to withstand the intense power of the Infinity Stone. He has enhanced agility. Despite his large size, he's able to... Be incredible agile as he was able to effortlessly, <clears throat> effortlessly overcome the attacks of Drax the Destroyer. See, Drax, I don't know. I think he is a badass character, but like that's still there's like tears. Obviously, you know he's like a ballpen kind of guy when yeah. it comes to these kind of fights. Yeah, um, he's an expert tactician, experienced and exonerated member of the Kree military, and as such, he was highly trained strategist. He led to the. Uh, 
the Sakarians during the Battle of Xandar. Ronan also led his forces above Torfa and C-53. Um, hammer mastery. Uh, hammer mastery. Uh, thanks to his training, Ronan is extremely proficient in wielding melee weapons, especially his hammer, the Cosmi Rod. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he's got a, a nice armor called, well, the Kree armor. Uh, it's a technology-advanced battle suit that enhanced his strength and durability to lo- uh, the levels higher than they already were. The armor was powerful enough to the shatter to not shatter when shot in the chest plate with the Hadron Enforcer, although Ronan's strength had been considerably increased by this stage. Um... Let's see, he's got uh, some allies, which are bad guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Kree Empire, the Star Force, Korath, the Pursuer, formerly or a former subordinate. Uh, Sicarians, they were subordinates. Uh, Nebula, Gamora, Exelion monks. I think that's how you say it. But his enemies. That list is a lot, lot longer. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> Everybody else. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Um, <laughs> So, I mean, yeah, same thing. You can just keep going on and on because this seems like this is really a, the Guardians because that's the mm-hmm. story, you know, mm-hmm. that's where he's mostly from. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, if they were to actually give this guy, like, a fucking movie, I think it would be a great movie. Yeah. The storyline. Yeah, there's know. a lot of meat to it. There's a lot of meat to that character, for sure. That's the one thing that's great about all of these, you know, superheroes and uh, villains is there's so much source material yeah to really like dig into and just like yeah I have no doubt in my mind they could make a movie off of Ronan the Accuser for sure for sure they could but they won't you never know they might they might but yeah no he's dead so he's probably not unless it was a, a, a time prequel, travel prequel, prequel movie. or that or the time travel stuff but now the the most important question Who's winning, Galactus or Ronan? Well, I think Galactus is going to win, but yeah. <laughs> Ronan would definitely yeah. uh, not. Well, he wouldn't even give him like a run for his money. He would just definitely be like. Uh, I feel like Ronan would negotiate with him. That's what I was going to say. Like, let's work together. Like, mm-hmm. I'll be the grunt. I'll be your subordinate. Right? You just I'll, uh, let me be your herald. I'll be your herald. Let me take care of this. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's what I feel like would happen too. Because mm-hmm. yeah, Ronan's very, very smart. He's very. It's like he's fucking greasy, dude. He's just greasy. So yeah, like, he's and while smart. he's working with uh, Galactus, he's going to be thinking of like how he's going to be able to kill. Him. Oh like yeah, he did, like, no, he's just, yeah, he's going to figure out exactly. He's going to try to figure out what your weak spots are, yeah. where your where your fucking where your guards down, and yeah, he's gonna try to fucking do it if he can. If he thinks he can, yeah, fuck yeah, of course he's going to. Uh, but yeah, no, Galactus would get fuck out of here. Um, but obviously Galactus, you know, that was kind of an unfair pick. I should have picked something more so. Like Ronan, but that's like all right because I think this fight. I think it's going to be similar with this DC one. Okay, okay, I cool. think so. Cool, cool. Well, uh, before we swap sides to the DC, let's uh, let's take a quick break and hop in with our sponsor. Axelstrad is a company built on core values of integrity, sustainability, and innovation, and is passionate about finding solutions for business growth. By working together, they will find activities that add value to your business while creating a framework that is flexible, yet structurally sound, and allows your business to grow profitably. 
Alex Weber, founder of Axelstrat, is bringing a new, fresh, organic approach to doing business in today's ever-changing landscape. Equipped with a Bachelor's of Business Administration, accounting from the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, associates in music production and recording technology from Madison Media Institute, and coupled with real-world experience as a financial controller, Alex is a leader in business administration using analytical and creative approaches to developing sustainable business growth strategies. Now, right now, Right now, our listeners are going to receive 15% off any service for up to the first $300. Yes, you heard that right. 15% off any service for up to the first $300. Let me explain here, folks. Anyone who has looked into any kind of photography, videography, graphic design, branding, social media management knows that it can be a little pricey. Okay, so why pass up on a fantastically ridiculous deal? Uh, again, 15% off to the first $300 when you use the code DMC. Okay, very, very important, guys. Make sure he knows that we're the ones that sent you to him. Otherwise, you will not be able to get this deal. To reach the great staff at Axelstrat, please call 818-585-8742 or send an email to ateam at axelstrat.com. Again, that is A-T-E-A-M at axelstrat.com. The number again, 818-585-8742. Prepare yourself to be stratified. All right, and we are back, and we are now ready to jump into the D.C. side of the conversation. Um, do you want to go first? Did you pick your guy? Oh, yeah, you already did pick your guy. Um, do you want to lead us off here? Yeah, I can do that. All right. Uh, so I picked uh, Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. So uh, everybody should know that that's like uh, Superman's uh, arch Joker. enemy. That's Superman's uh, yeah, Joker. Exactly. Good. That's a good way to put it, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like mm-hmm. that. Um, so he was uh, originally a mad scientist, but since the late 1980s, he has more often been portrayed as a power mad business magnet the CEO of LexCorp. Mm-hmm. And like I was saying before, it's like a comparison to Tony Stark in the Marvel Universe, just a bad guy. Just an evil version. Yeah, which <clears throat> that, I think that's really why I like him, because he's just like Iron Man, you know? Mm-hmm. Kind of, but not. Uh, he wishes to rid the world of super, uh, Superman uh, because Superman is a threat to humanity, but really because he invies, or envies Superman's popularity and influence. Given his high profile as a supervillain, however, he has often come into conflict with Batman and other superheroes in the DC universe. Lex Luthor is an ordinary human and has no natural superpowers, but occasionally wears a war suit, a suit of mechanized armor that gives him enhanced strength, flight, advanced weaponry, and other capabilities. Again, like Iron Man. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. The character was ranked fourth on IGN's list of top 100 comic book villains of all time and has the eighth greatest villain by Wizard on its 100 greatest villains of all time, which is really impressive, too. You think about it because you just talked about Galactus and Mm -hmm. I was talking about Ronan and, uh, you know, between DC and yep. Marvel, there's to be number eight. That's mm-hmm. pretty fucking impressive. Hell yeah. Um, so Luther is one of a few genre crossing villains whose adventures take place in a world in which the ordinary laws of nature are slightly suspended. Scott, James Wells, Sherman, Howard, John Shea, Michael Rosenbaum, and John Cryer have portrayed the character in television series, while Lyle Tabbitt, Gene Hackman, Kevin Spacey, and Jesse Eisenberg have portrayed the character in films. Several actors have provided Luther's voice in uh, animated adaptations, including Clancy Brown, Mark Rolston, and James Marsters. 
that's a pretty impressive lineup to have played him on uh, in the movies. You Man, know? I, and I will say the movie was absolute trash. But, but Jesse Kevin, was Kevin Spacey's fucking Lex Luthor in Superman Returns mm-hmm. was the shit. He he played him perfectly. But I will say Jesse Eisenberg, surprisingly enough, he played the character pretty well as pretty well himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, obviously, Gene Hackman's the original, so you know, of course, you're gonna love that guy. Uh, but yeah, Kevin Spacey's portrayal. Dude, I just remember that one part when he's got fucking Lois Lane on his boat, and he's just like, "Come on, I know you want to say it. Just say it. Just one, just one time. Just one time for me. Come on." And she's just like, "I don't know." She's just like, "Come on, no, 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 that's not it. Just come on, say it. Just say it, please." Super wrong, <laughs> right in her face. Like, oh my god, dude. That yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Keep going. I'm sorry. Uh, so. Lex Luthor here. Let's uh, let's kind of talk about uh, his uh, abilities. He's got genius intellect, proficient engineer with exceptional technological prowess uh, by a high tech war suit. He's got superhuman strength, speed and durability, energy projection, force fields, flight and advanced weaponry. I mean, that's just saying or screaming Iron Man. Mm-hmm. You know, I love mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh his notable aliases are Mockingbird, Kryptonite Man, Superman, Adam Man, Apex Lex, uh, team affiliations, the Injustice League, Injustice Gang, Legion of Doom, the Justice League, uh, Secret Six, Inner Gang, Secret Society, and LexCorp. Uh, he, was actually, he was created by Jerry Siegel and Joel Schuster, and his first appearance was Action Comics number 23 in April of 1940. And this is, again, published by DC Comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in the creation and development in his first story appearance, Action Comics number 23, the 1940, uh, Luther is depicted as a diabolical genius and is referred to only by his surname. He resides in a flying city suspended by a dirigible and plots uh, to provoke a war between two European nations. Lois Lane and Clark Kent investigate, which results in Lois being kidnapped. Luther battles Superman with a gray, uh, green ray, but his he is ultimately defeated and Lois is rescued. Superman's destroy, uh, Superman destroys Luther's dirigible with him still on it, implying Luther may have died. Stories ending with Luther's apparent death become common in his earliest appearances, with him turning up alive later on. Um, he uh, Luther returns in Superman number four and steals a weapon from the U.S. Army capable of causing earthquakes. Superman battles and defeats Luther, then destroys the earthquake device. The scientist who made the device commits suicide to prevent its reinvention. In a story in the same issue, Luther creates a city on the sunken lost continent of Pacifico. Or Pacif- hmm. Pacifo? P-A-C-I-F-O? Pacifo? Uh, either way. And populates it with uh, recreated prehistoric monsters he plans to unleash upon the world. <laughs> Fuck that. Yep. Uh, Superman thwarts his plan, and Luther is seemingly killed by the dinosaurs he created. Luther returns in Superman number five with a plan to place hypnotic gas in the offices of influential people so he can throw the nation into a des- uh, depression with the help of corrupt financer Mosley. The story ends with Superman defeating him. Uh, let's see here. Well... I guess in comparison with with Lex Luthor and to some of the other bad guys, like having the ability, it seems like this guy just doesn't die. Mm-hmm. Uh, he mm-hmm. he always like manages to figure out how to how to bring himself something back. Like, yeah, and it's that's amazing because he's a he's a human. Like they said, there's no special abilities or anything about him besides just his smart suit and rich, and smart and shit. Yeah. Um, 
kind of already went over the powers and abilities. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's kind of like what I'm going to give you for the, the Lex Luthor. All right, well, let me uh, let me take the con here and hop on the Joker because, I mean, obviously, <coughs> being uh, uh, the Batman guy that I am, uh, the Joker is the only answer for our favorite villain out of DC. Um, now, for everybody who doesn't know who the Joker is, again, fuck yourself. Uh, the Joker is a supervillain created by Bill Finger, Bob Kane, and Jerry, Jerry Robinson, uh, who have first appeared in the debut uh, issue of the comic book Batman, published by DC. Credit for the Joker's creation is disputed. Kane and Robinson claimed responsibility for the Joker's design while acknowledging Finger's... Ooh, pardon... Finger's uh, writing contribution. Although the Joker was planned to be killed off during his initial appearance, he was spared by an editorial intervention, allowing the character to endure as the arch enemy of the superhero Batman. Um, now, there's there's been so many versions. There's been so many versions of this guy's origins. Um, though many of them have been related, uh, a definitive history of the Joker has never been established in the comics. Okay, and his true name has never been confirmed. Nobody really knows who he is. So that's also the, another thing that makes a Joker just that much more menacing is like, we have an idea, but we're not, we can't confirm any of this, mm. any of this shit. And so like, I mean, obviously with the comic books, that's a different world, you know? So like you can do different storylines, but like in the movies and everything like that, it's still very creepy. It's portrayed like you just, you don't know who he is. You don't know who he is. It's just a fucking psycho. It's just a psycho. Um, Detective Comics number 168, uh, released in February 1951, revealed that he had been a criminal known as the Red Hood. In the story, the Red Hood was robbing the Monarch Playing Card Factory and encountered Batman for the first time. He tried to escape from the Dark Knight by fleeing to the Ace Chemical Plant, where he fell into a vat of chemicals. He survived, but the chemicals had radically changed his body, resulting in chalk white skin, emerald green hair, and a bizarre ruby red grin. Uh, I remember that. I believe it was the animated series. Mm-hmm. Where th- that episode where he falls in there and then he comes out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the most widely cited backstory can be seen in Alan Moore's The Killing Joke. It depicts him as originally being an engineer at a chemical plant who quits his job to pursue his dream of being a stand-up comedian, only to fall, uh, only to fail miserably. Desperate to support his pregnant wife, Jeannie, the man agrees to help two criminals break into the plant where he was formerly employed. Uh, in this version of the story, the Red Hood persona is given to the inside man on every job, thus it's never the same man twice. Uh, this makes the inside man appear to be the leader, allowing the two ringleaders to escape. During the planning, police contact him and inform him that his wife and unborn child have died in a household accident. Uh, struck him with grief, griff. Struck him with grief. Uh, he attempts to uh, back out of the plan, but the criminals strong arm him into keeping his promise. As soon as they enter the plan, however, they are immediately caught by security and a fatal shootout ensues, in which the two criminals are killed. As he tries to escape, he's he's confronted by Batman, who is investigating the disturbance. Terrified, the engineer leaps over a rail and plummets into a vat of chemicals. When he surfaces in the nearby reservoir, he removes the hood and sees his reflection, bleached, chalk white skin, ruby red lips, and emerald green hair. These events, uh, coupled with his other misfortunes that day, drive the engineer through the massive personality shift that results in the birth of the Joker. So, you know, there's, again, there's been so many, so many reiterations of the, of the same character. You know, it's really hard to put your finger on it. All I know is the Joker is the embodiment of a true psychopath. Like, he, he doesn't have... 
The Joker possesses no superhuman abilities, okay? Instead, using his expertise in chemical engineering to develop poisonous or lethal concoctions and thematic weaponry, including razor-tipped uh, razor playing cards, deadly joy buzzers, and acid-spraying lapel, uh, lapel flowers, the Joker sometimes works with other Gotham City supervillains, such as the Penguin and Two-Face, and groups like the Injustice Gang and Injustice League, but these relationships often collapse due to the Joker's desire for unbridled chaos. <laughs> Kind of uh, sounds like Ronan. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they minus no power. Uh, the 1990s introduced a romantic interest for the Joker and his former psychiatrist, Harley Quinzel, also known as Harley Quinn, uh, who becomes his uh, villainous sidekick, although his primary obsession is Batman. The Joker has also fought other heroes, including Superman and Wonder Woman. Now, in a versus scenario, in a versus situation, I, like, I pick the Joker, and obviously I want my guy to fucking win. But I already know Lex Luthor would fucking take him out in, like, a heartbeat, dude. Mm -hmm. Like, if you really wanted to. Because if you really think about it, again, the Joker, he has no superpowers. He's not, you know, he's not superhuman strength. He doesn't have any of that shit. He's just crazy. Genu genuinely, legitimately genius levels of crazy. Yeah, but at the same time, he fought Wonder Woman and Superman somehow. No, yeah. No, exactly. I'm not saying that he would fucking just get completely bitched out, but... I don't know. I feel like if you had Lex like, would probably come up with something. Just he's real got crazy. like a grid of satellites. I'm sure yeah. to just shoot <clears throat> missiles down wherever this fucking guy is. I swear to Christ, I have had like a hair in my mouth this whole time, and I don't know what it's stuck on. I don't know. That sucks. I hate that. Yeah, it's really annoying. Uh, but yeah, the Joker to me again, he's just uh, he's so he's so badass, man. He's just so funny. He's comical. He's but he's just, he does everything so crazy. So goddamn crazy. Um, but yeah, let's see here. Uh, the Joker has been ab uh, adapted to serve as Batman's adversary in live action, animated, and video game incar uh, incarnations, um, including the 1960s Batman television series played by Cesar Romero and in films by Jack Nicholson in uh, 1989's Batman, Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight. Uh, which was uh, 2008, and Joaquin Phoenix in Joker, which just came out last year, which I, did, I just finally watched it, and uh, uh, it was pretty good. It's pretty good. I gotta watch it yet. It's pretty good, man. It's pretty good. Like, it's it's not what you think it was gonna be, but uh, it was entertaining. It was entertaining. Watching the descent at the very end, like, when everything starts to hit the fan, like, that was cool. Like, Emily said it, she was just like, how does he become so powerful? Like, because he's portrayed in that movie as, like, a total fucking wiener you know like always getting shit on always getting shit on but he's he's a little crazy and then yeah it finally all it all fucking collapses and watching joaquin phoenix just completely descend into the joker that shit's pretty cool that shit's pretty cool uh, ledger and phoenix each earned an academy award for their portrayals uh, mark hamill and troy baker have produced or provided the character's voice uh, for animated stuff. Obviously, Mark Hamill, you know, that was... I remember the day when I found out that Luke Skywalker did the voice for one of the one of my favorite cartoon characters ever. <laughs> I, I was like, shut the fuck up. That's Luke Skywalker. <laughs> that, no, no, it's not. And then, sure as shit, <laughs> I remember watching that cartoon, that next opportunity, and I saw Mark Hamill, and I was like, huh. Yeah. That's... Huh. That's pretty fucking rad, man. 
And the dude literally has been doing the voice for the Joker for fucking 20 years, 20 plus years. Fucking almost 30 years, if you think about it, because the animated series came out in 94, 94 to 96, I think. In fact, let me just look that up real quick. Uh, That's still pretty impressive to be able to do the voice for a character for that long. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, it ran number of seasons, four seasons, uh, 92 to 95. 92 to 95, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, all of the fucking, <laughs> all of the shit that came after that, all the video games, all the other different takes of the cartoon, you better believe it was Mark Hamill. That Troy Baker name, that's the guy who's been doing it in the Arkham video games. Mm. I think Mark Hamill did Arkham Asylum and Arkham City, but uh, Troy Baker did it for Arkham Arkham Knight. Pretty sure. Is there? No, no, no. Uh, Arkham Origins. Mm. Arkham Origins and Arkham Knight. That's it. That's it. Got it. Got it. Um... But yeah, man, that you, the both of them are fucking bad. They're they're bad guys. They are bad guys. But uh, it would be interesting to see mm-hmm. Lex and Lex and the Joker go at it because again, I would imagine Lex would show up with his fucking war suit, and the Joker would just have a fucking warehouse just booby trapped to high hell. And yeah, that would be an interesting fucking fight. Mm-hmm. But I do think uh, I do think Joker would unfortunately get it in the end. <laughs> Uh, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, that was all right, though. That was fun. It's cool. I always like digging in a little bit more into especially like cartoon characters or comic characters and stuff. Because, you know, you grow up with the character and you you, you only pay so much attention. Mm-hmm. You, you remember the big stuff. But uh, you dig a little bit deeper and you find out some cool facts. Like, did you look at this this guy right here? That was the... That was like the reference for the Joker, and it was an actual dude, like in the twenties or forties. Yeah, he looks like a fucking psychopath. Yeah, it looks like the Joker. Like, <laughs> looks like the Joker. Probably sweetheart of a guy too, though. <laughs> <laughs> Just the nicest guy. Yeah, probably, probably. <clears throat> Conrad Veidt, that was his name. Yeah, sounds like a nice guy. Yeah, right. Connie, <laughs> what's up, buddy? Hey, hey. <laughs> couple of guys going around. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we should we should wrap this up. It's getting late. I know you got to get out of here. Uh, what is next week? We're getting closer to the uh, photography episode. I think that is next week. Okay, well then I'm gonna have to coordinate that with Alex. If not, then we can just we'll just skip it. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Well, um, guys, make sure you swing by Facebook.com/slash Dipping Milk and Cookies. Go like and share the page, please. Everybody showing support by liking and sharing the uh, the Cookie Commander and Master Milker solo pages. That's fun watching yes, those numbers grow. But do it with the podcast too, because that's where that number has still been stuck at 464 for. The no, longest. I think it's at like 467 though. Uh, okay. 469. I want to break 500. That's what we I will do. Yeah. We will. Oh no, I know, I know. It's a slow build. Um, we're on uh, Jesus Christ brain fart. We are on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Um, make sure if you're swinging by YouTube to check us out, you are subscribing uh, to the to the DMC Studio DMC YouTube channel. Helps with the algorithm, gain attention for us. So uh, 
so yeah make sure you guys do that um, I got nothing you got anything else you want to add there Fran uh, look for us to start getting the, the Twitter and stuff really going again yeah yeah we're really I'm shooting hopefully in the next like two three weeks that we can actually do that video uh, for, for the content for YouTube so we're, we're really going to be trying to push out more content, essentially, because that, that seems to be the thing that uh, people want to see nowadays, so uh, keep eyes out for that. That will be coming soon. Uh, but in the meantime, everybody, be good, be safe, stay healthy. Uh, love you, buddy. I love you too, bro. All right, we'll see you next week, guys.